Hello, this is Marcus, and I never listen to I Doubt with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Episode 495 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and today I'm joined by the woman with whom I'm sharing a wonderful anniversary, the scholarly, the beautiful, the quite talented, Brittany Page. We'll keep it coming. <laughs> I, w- I was enjoying them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five years. Five year anniversary. Of I Doubt It with Dollamore. Of this program. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Like I, how I mean, it all came together? Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, we've, we've talked about it many times but on the show, how we kind of started off as something different. I think everybody who starts a podcast, independent podcast, yeah. that it's, um, it's, it's for sure hobby-ish to begin with. Yeah. And uh, it was no different with us. Starting at a kitchen table. Yep. In a too hot apartment. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Relatively quickly, I think, it, it, it took off and became something that someone, people, wanted to listen to a little bit. And it's grown of the, you know, five, well, we've done over six, almost 600 episodes. Mm-hmm. We've done 72 bonus episodes, plus two AMAs that are behind the Patreon paywall. Yeah. And then this is our 495th episode, regular numbered episode. Yep. It, it does. I mean, if I really dwell on it, I get emotional. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, um, it's a big deal. Yeah, I think, well, and like you said, when we first started, I I was beginning grad school, I That's think. Right. Well, yes. You, you that hadn't year. Yet, you hadn't yet been accepted, but you were awaiting your acceptance. Yeah. And so it was, that was a pretty stressful time. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what that would look like, me being in grad school and being on the podcast and so i kind of was there to have you bounce ideas off of somebody just so you wouldn't be alone yeah that's right but i didn't want to say much and so i know some people have gone back and listened to the beginning and have said that you're basically the same but that i am very different and i think that that's probably just in the fact that i'm more vocal than i used to be well, because i was guarded yeah, not yeah, knowing yeah. what it would be like in a clinical psychology program how it would complicate my life having a podcast where i talk about politics right and, and also, trying to be a clinician also scheduling too yeah for sure and with how busy i was but we worked it out yeah well i mean that's <laughs> that's one of the reasons why the show is called i doubt it with dollamore mm-hmm. because at the at that time really you were kind of sidekicky. Yeah. You weren't really co-host yet. Yeah. Well, we hadn't figured it out. I mean, yeah. you were co-host. Right. All in, all but in name. You yes. were co-host. Yes. I was dipping my toes into the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't sure yet. But now I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh it's kind of a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> it would be uh cataclysmic if you tried to uproot and walk away at this point. Well, 
I mean, after five years, I, I think I'm pretty sure now. <laughs> right. You've gotten good at it. Uh, a, you know, it's okay. The skills build after time. Oh, uh, yeah. But we also, we got a gift. I'm not prepared. Oh, God. No, I still want to talk about the show a little bit. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, you know, five years. We, we There's been an evolution that's taken place, too. I mean, we, we really started off as kind of a skeptic podcast because that was all the rage. And we really looked up to... Um, Christopher Hitchens a lot at the time. Well, so you say it's it was all the rage. I think it's probably all the rage in other communities, but this is kind of like the evolu- evolution of losing your belief, right? Where you're a little excited about it and you want to talk about it a lot. And Yeah, but I'd lost mine years, decades before. Yeah, but you were still in that place. Yeah, for uh, sure no, I was. Not decades. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, it's um, 1998, 99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So anyway, you, you stayed in that place for a really long time. I did. And maybe got a little bit more bitter. Maybe lo- maybe longer <laughs> than most people. Right. Um, and I, what can I say? I'm a slow learner. Yeah. I'm a slow developer, Brittany. So anyway, one of the things that we have in common is politics mm-hmm. our interest in our politics. interest in politics and it, at the beginning our politics were more different than they are now for sure as i move my mic all around and it hits me in the mouth while i'm talking professional um but episode 495 everybody <laughs> good times had by all and so I know growing up, people always would say things to me like, are you going to be on the radio someday? Oh, I can't wait for your radio show. I can't wait to see you on TV. People would say that kind of stuff to me because I was, you know, the 16 year old kid at my job arguing abortion in the kitchen while I'm making pizzas. Active and outspoken. Yeah. Yeah. And And I was the same. And that's. I just really enjoyed talking about those issues and having those discussions. And so it was just kind of a natural process of, hey, why don't we have a show where we do this and we talk about the news and we always have interesting conversations by ourselves. Why don't we record it and see if people care about it? Yeah, I think it's it's probably a common thread that happens with just about anybody who who starts a show. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we we just for whatever reason we're lucky enough mm-hmm. to strike a chord with with an audience. Yeah. So for sure. Anyway, we just want to say thank you guys yeah, again. We're thankful. We, we, we say it all the time, and it's uh, one of the reasons I never stop saying it is because I don't think it gets old, mm-hmm. and it also I never stop feeling immense, tremendous thanks and thankfulness to to, to the audience. Yeah. So. Thank you guys so much. We are in a in a blessed and a lucky whatever word you want to use position to to be able to think in 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 public like this and and facilitate your voices and have an audience at all. I mean the vast majority of podcasts, you know, nobody listens to. Only a very handful of a small handful of people listen and we um we're different. We're we're lucky enough to to have this happen and it's it's because of you guys so for sure thanks so much and speaking of awesome listeners who we thank yeah <laughs> like i tried to preemptively talk about the gift that we got from laura in buffalo yes and if people don't know who laura in buffalo is she is the vet tech that is right right so when we uh, announced that we had at bully popeye bully with a y on instagram um yep i'm still doing that 
uh, she <laughs> called in and said that she would give us some advice. And she also sent us a package full of gifts, not just dog gifts, but because she's from Buffalo, there's a Buffalo theme here. So most of the, or I think all of the food products are from Buffalo. We have some uh, horseradish prepared mustard. Yeah, I, I'm excited about that. I feel very insecure about how I say that, but... Well, I think you put an SH on the horse. Okay, well, whatever you do. Uh, no, no, that's what you did. Oh, okay. It's horseradish. It's a hard word. It's, yeah, it's difficult. I get really intimate. My stomach, my my wow. stomach is upset. Just so about. this episode is going to be your not being able to talk episode. Yeah. Um, sweet maple mustard, as well. We have here. Yes. Sounds delicious. Maple mustard. Yes, sweet mm. maple mustard. I'm um. We'll have to see. Yeah, I'm gonna love that. Uh, we have some some barbecue marinade and Laura said this is her favorite marinade for grilled chicken and she really wants us to try it. All right. So it was a big giant box full of stuff. We also I want to read some stuff. Well, then grab some stuff and do some work. We also have Apparently she's from the maple syrup capital of maple syrup areas because maple syrup and granulated maple sugar. Let's be from Vermont and have an emerging maple syrup conglomerate. <laughs> God damn. Your favorite movie. All right. Um, also, pure New York maple syrup here. Very delicious. And then... I'm sure this is so exciting. I, well, that's why... <laughs> and then, because she's a vet tech and has a, a, a long-distance love affair with Popeye, yes, the bulldog... At Bully Popeye <laughs> on Instagram. She sent us awesome um, little dog toys, one of which is like a, a Donald Trump... I just took a picture of it like on the laptop while we're recording that I'll put on the Facebook page. It's like an orange Donald Trump troll. Yeah, with like a, his white eyes and his butthole puckered mouth. Yeah. And then like a Popeye costume and like dog treats and these like... Bones. Uh, yeah, cow, beef knuckle, kneecaps. Also a raccoon chew toy. I mean, how, how we have dominated the cow. Mm-hmm. We use every part of the cow. Yeah, it's sad. And then... Donald Trump poop bags. Donald Trump poop bags. And then it says 80 Repooplican bags. Uh, and it, I, I'm assuming it has his stupid face on them. Yeah, it does. His smug. There's a line drawing at the top there. Yeah. So when you pick up the poop, I'll be holding a bag of poop uh, with Donald Trump's face on it. Which would go great in um, relatively conservative Orange County, even though we did turn it blue this last congressional election. Yeah, I'm sure everyone will appreciate so thank, that. Thank you, Laura. Thank you very much. We appreciate We love when we walk to the to the post office and get a get a little treat in the in the in the, at the post office box. Yes, one hundred percent. So let's um let's move on. Uh, another part of thanking um, the, I almost said customers for some reason. <laughs> the, the the other way that we thank our listeners is by providing a platform for them to get their voice on the record. And uh, today will be no different. We've got an email and a voicemail to play. And I think we should start with the email. Yes, I'm going to say that it is from Anonymous because at the end it said you don't need to read this and they noted that they're not very public. So I'm just going to take that as a hint that maybe they would like to remain anonymous. Yeah, listen, when when you write in, this isn't to this particular listener, although listen up, <laughs> if you don't want us to read it, don't be so passive about it. Say, don't fucking read this on the air or I want to be anonymous. 
saying, ah, you don't have to leads me to believe it's up to me. You know what I mean? So I'm deciding no. <laughs> but you're going to make it anonymous. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm deciding. Right. That, you're that, the decider. All right. Here we go. First, a bit of background info and a link to the cousin marriage page on Wikipedia. That is what the purpose uh, of this email is. Here we go. According to Wikipedia, 10% of marriages worldwide are to first and second cousins. I grew up thinking like you, Jesse, but have found out that, like most other areas of life, it is all a bit more nuanced. I realized that nuance in genetics class when we had to calculate the average percent of shared DNA between first cousins, only 12.5%. I asked if people really married their cousins and found out it is legal in most of Europe and not uncommon in large parts of the world, and have since realized that bans are much more religious, cultural, or political than scientific. Jesse just wanted to push back on your biases a little, and Brittany help you give the facts and nuance that make you the best part. Wow. <laughs> Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Even Bye. in emails. Mm -hmm. So, listen... I, I'm open to having my mind change. This didn't really do it for me, though. I, I am open. I mean, I'm. let me say this. I will concede that it is very possible that the genetic deformation and malformation and, and um, um, birth defects aren't quite, quite, quitely, aren't quite as pronounced as one might think they are between first or for sure with second cousins, but first cousins, uh, I don't know. However, making the argument that it's done all over the place isn't really swaying me. Mm. That, oh, yeah, lots of 10% of people. One, I question that statistic. I, I, I'm going to have to really look at that because that that is overwhelming my senses. That 10% of the world are involved in second or first cousin marriages. That's That seems out, like, very, very high. But there's a reason why. We're programmed to not marry our family, our close family units, because of recessive genes and the, the genetic transfer of recessive traits that cause very uh, intense medical problems or can. And some, you know, that's why, I, I, anyway, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So anyway, we, we get it. We get that you, we get it. We understand how you're feeling. Just Am relax. I just, is it just struggleicious because I'm so. Yeah, just relax. It's, it's just cognitive dissonance. Yeah, just relax. But also, I think that's why when when you were when we were talking about those laws, when you and I when we were the when we were talking about those uh, laws, it was uh, allowed past a certain age, past the reproductive health age. Right, right, exactly. Right? And I think that there's a reason, like you're saying, for that law, even. Um, and who knows? You know that couple that we talked about. She already has kids. Maybe they're not planning to have kids. Who knows, right? Um, but I think you're right to say that that is the risk that it comes along with with those kinds of relationships. Yeah, like on my DNA, on on the 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 the, the company that we use that never got back to me about doing advertising. So fuck them. I'm not going to mention them. They um they've calculated my my relatives, and there there I have cousins that are like 11 and 12 percent. We share the DNA. Mm -hmm. That can't be good to share that much DNA and then have kids. Uh, anyway, again, I don't have numbers in front of me, but it just, yeah, I, uh, we would have to have someone who's a geneticist or someone who's more of an expert give us harder data than just 
a lot of people do it. But can I also say that this is something that I appreciate about the conversations that we have? And I and I think that having this show, right, <laughs> since the theme is the creation of the show and, and what the show started out as, it it used to be hard for me to admit that I didn't know things. I kind of, I, I really struggled with that. I didn't kind of struggle with it. I really struggled with that. Yeah, yeah. And as I went through my my grad school program, it became a lot easier to talk about how I didn't know things and that there were other experts in these areas that knew more than me and that I needed to defer to their expertise. And I don't really know what it is about that, why it was getting more education that led to that change. I, I don't really know what the connection is there. But it happened, and I appreciate that we can have these conversations because I think most people kind of sit around and go, well, I heard this, I believe this, and this is the way it is. Yeah. Rather than, I heard this, I don't know if it's true, man. I think we should probably look it up. I think we should probably talk to somebody. Do you know anyone who knows about this? That's why I love Google. Yeah. That's and why I, I love the internet. Instant access. Yeah. Although, to at least a head start. To at least to get it going. That's Okay, that's good. Yes, that's a qualifier. But I think that this is really like the central problem in our society right now is everyone's certainty yeah. with their own ignorance. You know, it, it's okay to admit that you don't know things. And I would even try to normalize this with my students when I was tutoring. If they asked me a word... I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that word. Let's Google it and find out, you know? I've always been like that. You don't have to pretend that you know everything. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't make you seem stupid. Yeah, for we sure. We don't know everything. Well, let me say this. Even if I find out that totally safe, no big deal, uh, I think I'm still going to be ugged out about it. Because so it's, it's like just a wired. It's just, no, no, it's just wired in that that's fucking creepy. Well, it's that's what I'm saying. It's a moral issue. It like activates your disgust response. Yeah, yeah. Because okay, we, yeah. we we talked about that research where, uh, you know, a a researcher would sit down with a research participant and start interviewing them, and they would use, I think, a brother and sister as an example. Yeah, but I could work through that one and say they're asking, "Is it moral? Is it I- immoral?" I would say no. But it's still... Well, let's say what it is because we didn't get into the example. So in this scenario, a researcher would sit down with a research participant and say, a brother and sister are having a sexual relationship. They're on vacation is what it is. They're on vacation. They're having a sexual relationship. You know, is this right or wrong? And and the person says, oh my God, you know, that's horrific. That's so wrong. And they say, okay, uh, why is it wrong? And they say, well, they could have a baby and it would it would be deformed, you know, whatever. And they say, okay, well, how about this? The woman is on birth control. The male is using condoms. There's absolutely no chance. And don't they say it's a a one-time thing on vacation. They just decide to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's still completely wrong. Yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so you, you take away the issue that they have with it. And you can't really get at what's really underlying that other than it's just disgusting to yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm, I guess I've, I've fallen prey to that. Okay. Yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you want? A fucking marching band? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a regular goddamn guy. It, you know, it, it's, a, it's a creepy notion. I think what happens is I think about my cousins, like marrying a cousin, and that's nope. 
No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think we have solved this problem. Did I did I mention nah? No. You did. Nope. Yep. <laughs> I think we heard that. All right. Well, again, I mean, I don't know how long we're going to drag this topic on, but 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Next up, a call. And we're going to be talking about this on the other side of the mid-roll, but let's get the call in and talk about it briefly. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. This is Ben. Uh, I just, uh, I was reading this story uh, about some of the truly disgusting things that Tucker Carlson said, and to be more specific, because there are so many to choose from, uh, specifically the when he went on the Bubba the Love Sponge show and came out in support of a person who arranged child marriages, so therefore supporting child rape. And also he came out uh, with some truly misogynistic, awful things about women. I don't watch Tucker Carlson anyway, so me deciding not to watch his show is not going to do much. But there are certain advertisers that advertise on his show, uh, such as Progressive, Jenny Craig, and Bayer, and there's a whole list of them. Um, I'm sure that you guys will be wanting to discuss that. Um, and there, you know, I just thought it might be something interesting to talk about, whether or not people want to buy these products as long as they are supporting somebody who supports child rape. Um, that's, that's all I have to say. I'm pretty angry about this one. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, love the show. Thank you guys. Well, thank you actually for saying, uh, what you just said, which is the phrase child rape, because, um, that's really at the heart of this. And so Tucker Carlson, the, the audio that was released is from media matters, I believe. That's right. And in it, he's talking about Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs was that FLDS fundamentalist LDS uh, prophet, quote unquote prophet, that was raping children. And he had teenage girls as wives. He had multiple wives. And uh, Tucker Carlson seems to like think this is uh, entertainment. Yeah, I don't. I would. The only thing I push back on Ben about, and it's not the substance. It's just the choice of supporting child rape. I don't know if he's supporting it or... I don't know, making excuses that it's not. He's diminishing what it is. Yeah. And I guess you, an argument could certainly be made to extrapolate support out of that for sure. And look, I'm no fan of the white nationalist Tucker Carlson. No, I would agree with you that supporting is probably going too far, but he's definitely diminishing it. And I, I, I really am bothered by this was from like, 2006 to 2011 and tucker carlson is trying to say this was a long time ago like tucker carlson what is his age do you have do you have He's any over idea 40. i think he was 40 during this during this time yeah so come on you're not you're not 12 you're not 18 how to minute let's wait hang He's on 50 minute. years old he's 50 i was gonna ask yeah, Siri. he's gonna be 50 in may and I mean, come on bro yeah so please with your this was a long time ago well also he just spent a whole evening like taking down Joe Biden for shit he said in 1980 or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Nope. 
uh, again, <laughs> no, you don't. That's not how it fucking works. Well, and again, part of this, I don't know if we talked about this, but I watched the Lorena Bobbitt docu series on on uh, Netflix, right? I think it was on Amazon. Amazon, that's right. And it was great. I highly recommend it. Please go watch it. But produced by Jordan Peele. Yeah, part of it was uh, a clip of Howard Stern, right? And and the media really messed this up with Lorena Bobbitt because she was a total victim. Um, John Wayne Bobbitt was a predator and um, a serial abuser of women. And still is just a fucking violent, abusive piece of shit. And Howard Stern at the time propped him up and helped him have a career after all of this happened. And at one point said that Lorena Bobbitt wasn't even attractive enough to rape. Now, that's yeah. something that Howard Stern but said. She didn't have clear enough skin. Right. And so I want to hear, I mean... I know it doesn't matter at this point, but like he at the at the very least needs to apologize for that. Especially since now he's like making some semblance of an effort to clean up his act. Right. And it's the same thing with Tucker Carlson. So he's refusing to apologize for this. Yeah, be acting real recalcitrant about it. Right. He's calling it naughty past comments that he made. He called them quote unquote naughty. Um it's more than that. Right. You're we'll get to it. You're yeah. trying to be an intellectual heavyweight. <laughs> That's it. That's it. If you want to be a thought leader. Right. Listen, if you want to be a fucking shock jock, ah, wacky morning zoo, everybody, we're going to say some offensive <laughs> stuff. It's going to be crazy up in here. Honk, honk, honk. Whack, weep, weep. Like with your sound effects. If that's the guy you want to be, then fucking do that. Don't be on Fox News being a thought leader in our society, talking about cultural issues, wanting to be taken seriously, having a show on C-SPAN or a CNN Crossfire, mm-hmm. where you're 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 debating these. Right. He's been le- legitimized as a quote unquote thought leader. He's had his own show on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. He co-hosted a show on CNN. Now he has his own show in a top slot on Fox News, he's the the founder of Daily Caller, a heavily trafficked conservative website for, for news. Nope. You don't get to have it both ways, man. You got to answer for this. Anyway, we're, we're going to get to that. Thank you for the call, Ben. We appreciate it. Thanks. I love our audience. I, I, I knew somebody was going to tee this up for us, and it was Ben. So thank you, man. We appreciate you very much. Again, if you would like to sound off... 657-464-7609. Email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Sean. Sean. Tiff. Tiff. Travis. Travis. And we have someone who upped their pledge, Jamie. Jamie. And Jamie sent us a message along with this. Oh, really? She said, updating my pledge in honor of Popeye. He deserves <laughs> extra treats and a new squeaky toy with a heart. Oh, she actually wrote at Bully Popeye with a what? Y on Instagram. Did she really? No. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but we we love that very much. Thank you so much for your support. Well, you guys, he's uh, he's snoring his dick off over here in a corner. So uh, yeah, with his little um, 
sailor necktie on that Laura right. from Buffalo got him. Um, Which you could see a picture of that. Where, Brittany? At bully with a Y Popeye <laughs> on Instagram. But hey, you guys, you got us to our goal of uh, three episodes a week. Mm -hmm. And so we are on that three episodes per week train. We are 64% of the way to our next goal, Mm -hmm. which the next goal would be getting into our own studio space to really streamline the process of making both the videos and the podcast. Right now, we're back to our old situation where we're kind of having to move the desk out of the way when we need to do a video, put the desk back into place. Um, It's workable. But we would prefer an, a more streamlined kind of process. It'd also be better for the audience because it would just be a more functional, regular, just better, better production. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. If you can't support the show financially, and by the way, if it would cause you any strain at all to do so, please don't. There are other ways that you can support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Do not use profanity. You can shop on Amazon when you buy your regular Amazon products and use the Dollamore link, uh, dollamore.com slash Amazon. And those are ways that for sure are noticed and for sure are appreciated. So if you can't contribute financially, don't feel bad. You can support us in other ways. And just by listening, by the way, and clicking like on those episodes on Facebook, that's all it takes. That is a big deal. If you were to search down those posts that don't get served to you because of the Facebook algorithm, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a big deal because then it feeds. It's like, oh, this person wants to see this content. We think their friends will like it. Anyway, Mm -hmm. enough on that. Thank you, guys. We appreciate all the love and loyalty and support that you give us. It means the world to us. Again, you know, this is our five-year anniversary of the show, and this would have been impossible without your support via Patreon and listenership and everything else. You guys are absolutely the best. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So as Ben from Washington sounded off about, uh, Tucker Carlson in the news a an unapologetic Tucker Carlson is in the news. Uh, I've got like five clips here. They're not long at all, all of them. The entire thing spanned like three minutes and some of the stuff I left out because it was just like a, a mashup of like offensive quote unquote things. The first thing I want to talk about though is the child rape issue with the man Warren Jeffs who is in prison right now. He was the prophet, the leader, the president of the FLDS, the Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, uh, which is more akin to what the Mormon church was under Brigham Young and Joseph Smith than it is today. Polygamy is practiced. All of the, the negative things that was going to keep Utah from becoming a state, I mean, that's the reason the Mormon church changed. It was because of statehood. The United States said, nope, you're not going to be in unless you stop that creepy shit. And then the the prophet got a, they didn't have phones at the time, but got a a phone call from Jesus that said, oh, hey, the the God that never makes mistakes has changed his mind about whether or not polygamy is allowed. But there's always been a faction of the Mormon church that didn't let go of that because it was something that was taught by Joseph Smith. And, and Warren Jeffs is, is uh, a leader of that. 
So here is Tucker Carlson with the shock jocks, Bubba the Love Sponge, ugh, Jesus, <laughs> um, talking about Warren Jeffs. And shockingly here, it's not the shock jocks who are being shocking. It's Tucker Carlson. Well, actually, he's not in prison for that. He didn't. Warren Jeffs didn't marry underage girls. No, he's, he's in. He's in prison for facilitation of child rape. Whatever the hell that means. That means he's that in prison. <laughs> he's in prison because he's weird and unpopular, no. and he has a different <laughs> lifestyle that other people find creepy. No, he's an accessory to the rape of children. That is a felony and a serious one at that. What do you mean an accessory? He's like got some weird religious cult where he thinks it's okay to you know marry underage girls. But he didn't do it. Why wouldn't the guy who actually did it, who had sex with an underage girl, he should be the one who's doing what? life. The, ra- the, the rapist in this case has made a lifelong commitment to live and take care of the person. So I... it is a little different. I mean, let's just be honest That's about it. He's not accused of touching anybody. He is accused of facilitating a marriage between a 16-year-old girl and a 27-year-old man. But That's t- the accusation. That's what they're calling felony I know, rape. But in, in our state, That's bullshit. But I'm t- sorry. Now, this, t- t- this guy may be a total t- rape, t- maybe a child rape, but I'm just telling you I that arranging a marriage between a 16-year-old and a 27-year-old is not the same as t- pulling a stranger off the street and raping her. That's but, bullshit. But... I th- is that... That second clip is a different clip. That's right. Okay, yeah. and he's on the Gavin McGinnis show on that one? I don't know. Okay, I think that he is, and I think he's talking about a female teacher and a male student. Hmm. Okay, then I... That's a good clarification, because I was just going topic to topic to topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that you knew that, because there was no video with the clips. It was just audio. Because he called it ludicrous there, right? I to, don't know. To call the case of a 38-year-old female teacher and a 16-year-old boy rape. Hmm. So anyway, what, whatever. I mean, it, it doesn't matter because any of it is... No, but I mean, the clarification uh, as far as the context is it, it is important because we want to get it right. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the overall message, he's yeah. really discounting the abuse of children. Yeah. And I know there are some people that also share that view that like somehow sexually abusing a male minor is different than sexually abusing a female minor. We've talked about it many times on the show, and it's just not. Yeah, it's something that I don't understand. There are lasting psychological effects that Brittany could go on about. I don't mean that negatively, like go on about, but you could talk about it that that, that are shared by both male and female victims, and they are fucking victims. Well, it's just... They they can't consent. It's just interesting that that is kind of put on boys that they at the age of 16 should be like, you know, masculine enough to date a 40 year old woman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, But anyway, getting back to the point here, Tucker Carlson is, what is the impulse here to to defend somebody like Warren Jeffs, who again has been uh, convicted on two felony counts of child sexual assault and is currently serving a sentence of life plus 20 years for his crimes. Yeah. He's he's just has a weird cult. He, he has Jeff's, some weird ideas. Yeah, he's not in prison because he's weird and unpopular and creepy. If that was the case, I would be in prison. A lot of people would be yeah. in prison. Weird and unpopular a and a lot little creepy. Of people. <laughs> many, he's many. in prison for raping children, for marrying young, young girls. For ruling over his flock of people with an iron fist, 
ostracizing. I mean, these aren't the reasons he's in prison. I'm just explaining the kind of individual he is. Yeah, well, even Tucker's Carlson, I mean, Tucker, Tucker's characterization, what's happening right now? It's your, today is your day, bro. Tucker's characterization of the cult, he's even talking about it as the, it's just a cult. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's kind of goofy, you know. No one's getting hurt. Yeah. No, there are severe consequences to cult behavior. And even these assholes are pushing back. <laughs> you know? What's that tell? Tucker in his mind should be like, what? All right, back it up. Yeah. If, Enough. If the dick train is is pushing back against what I'm saying, that's a problem. Yeah. So uh, certainly a problem. This is, I think, the most problematic thing that was said of all the clips. Next, though, is these two douchebags and Tucker Carlson talking about Martha Stewart's child. Her, I mean, she's not a child when they're talking about her, but it's her kid. It's her, her daughter. It's her adult daughter, Alexis Stewart, calling her a cunt. Alexis Stewart, we run into her all the time. She seems like a, she seems cunt. awful. Yeah, they're, she is they're awful. Very, they're very cunty. She seems extremely. I like cunty. to hear that word out of. Oh yeah, I just I stepped over me. She seems what? Now go ahead. She just does seem a little cunty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you said it. I'm just agreeing with you. I, right. I don't use that word because. Right, I'd love for Tucker Carlson tonight on MSNBC. A girl that comes across kind of cunty. Well, That's she right. does. I mean, I heard her. I. I mean, I now I'm a Brent fan, so okay, I'm stating my bias right out front here. But I heard her on with him, and I just wanted to give her the spanking. She said. I actually want. Wow. <sighs> So I just wanted to give her the spanking she so desperately needs. So this is kind of the interesting thing about about Me Too, which I know that Me Too has largely been about men actually committing crimes, right? Crimes against women, sexually assaulting women. But I think it's also caused men to really reflect on the way that they have behaved just overall to women. And the fact that this is like a radio show, you know, appealing to men, like men who need their private garage Seriously, time. who listens to this trash? Here, let's go into the man cave and listen to some stuff about the women, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of happy that it's falling out of favor as time goes on and then that people are starting to understand that it's uh, abusive, it's insulting, you know. Um, Look, I don't mind a little blue humor. I don't mind a lot of blue humor. But it's got to be funny. There's nothing funny about this. This is just character assassination. And What's with the 12-year-old argument? Oh, I didn't say it. You said it. I'm just agreeing with you. Well, you did say it. Mm -hmm. We heard you say it. The words came out of your stupid fucking head. We heard you. Mm -hmm. Are we going back to the man cave? Idiots. I, what do you mean? Like we're going to play another clip? Yeah, we're going to play another clip. I don't know how much more I can take. The miscegenation clip. Yeah. First, first, I think this is two clips. I didn't do a very good job of of, of compiling this, I guess. But one is him talking about how women are primitive. And then it goes into another clip where they're talking about um, Britney Spears and Paris Hilton appearing in some commercial or something with Obama. And then the, the radio hosts start talking about miscegenation, which is a Southern term for race mixing, where they try to stoke up fear about your white daughters maybe being in a relationship with a black man, at which point Tucker Carlson ends it by saying, why is anybody worried these are the two biggest whores in the country? 
Well, I love women, but they're extremely primitive. They're basic. They're not that hard to understand. Putting Paris and Brittany in a commercial with Obama is classic old school miscegenation, old South. Uncle Tom. Old, it's old South. These two, these two young white girls are going to be so da- dating a black man. So they're trying to say that he's coming for your pristine white no, daughter no, no, so, putting so, so, the biggest so, white so, whores in America? So, and so now we're moving into the official racist uh, territory. And I don't know, Jesse, if you even know this, but more clips have been released um, as of like an hour ago. Oh, wow. And uh, Tucker Carlson is on tape talking about Iraq and saying that it is, quote, a crappy place filled with a bunch of, you know, semi-literate primitive monkeys. Oh, my God. He's not going to survive this. And he noted that Afghanistan is, quote, never going to be a civilized country because the people aren't civilized. He continues, quote, I just have zero sympathy for them or their culture, a culture where where people just don't use toilet paper or forks. They can just shut the fuck up and obey, is my view. Tucker Carlson prediction right now, and there will be horn tooting. Tucker Carlson does not survive this, especially after this second round. Um, we haven't even heard him, but just based on that, he's he's fucking donezo. Uh, they're going to be looking for another host for that time slot. We'll end it with this, though, um, which isn't like, oh, my God, oh, clutching pearls. It's just fucking idiots. You want to fuck Sarah Palin? You well, talk- there's that. There is that. I'll agree with that. Yeah, so, but this is kind of what I was going back to about the man cave, kind of. So it's not, that's not abusive and that's not illegal, right? They're not making, they're not committing a crime. It's just crass. Right. It's just, it's like, it's annoying, yeah. you know? And I, I don't know. I, I'm just very put off by it. And I, at least Tucker this, Carlson. This is your Marian Cousins. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to work through it. Um, at least, I will say this, at least Tucker Carlson doesn't identify as a feminist and try to go out there and virtue signal on social media and act like yes. he's, a, he's a feminist when in real life he's a misogynist, um, like a litigious misogynist who uh, protects himself at all costs uh, with the power and money that he has um, and, and education when really he's just a rampant misogynist in yeah. private life, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that he's at least consistent is that something that yeah, we can be you happy don't get about side you don't get side swiped you don't get blasted from the side yeah uh, i don't know why i can't think of the word that i'm trying to say but uh-huh. nonetheless it's not coming and we're going to move on yeah uh- <laughs> <laughs> don't you hate that when you try to prolong the talking and it just doesn't come to you welcome to my life mm. so anyway listen uh tucker carlson is just uh, a piece of shit a racist, a sexist, a misogynist, an Islamophobe. He's all of this. I think it's interesting, though, that, Perfect you're, for Fox. that you're making a prediction that he won't survive because yeah. he has lost like 30 companies. Yeah. Because, you remember he said that uh, immigrants make the country, quote, poorer and dirtier. That's right. And that's when he started losing advertisers. And now we have these misogynistic comments. We have these racist comments. And so your prediction is that he he won't survive this. That's right. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Uh, And the reason I say, I don't know why I'm repeating, we will. We are going to see what happens because the future will happen and we will be there. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. You never know what tomorrow will bring. The reason I say that is because Fox News is in an odd place right now because Janine Pirro is in her own 
problem area right now that Fox News did back away from her comments and say, oh, she's been counseled. We've talked to her. Oh, what she said was terrible. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Apparently, this is the Fox News Hour on I Doubt It with Dollamore because the whole show is going to be consisting of Fox News and their assholery. Well, sometimes we need to engage in state media watch, everybody. That is right. We've been talking about the Ilhan Omar controversy. Some of it, I believe, is manufactured. For instance, this last thing that she said about dual loyalty. I'm going to have to apply what I said to to a listener who shared something in in um in the group in the in the listener group on uh, Facebook to myself. I'm going to have to apply it to myself. That even though though. I don't know that saying that there's that you people the dual loyalty thing is anti-Semitic. That doesn't strike me as anti-Semitic. But if I'm being told by a bunch of Jews that that's anti-Semitic, I gotta believe that it is. I can't use my own um, experiences and my own outlook on the world and say, well, that's just not racist. That's not anti-Semitic. Eh, I'm gonna believe them anyway. There's all there was a, a resolution on the floor that got. Some people are calling it watered down. Some people are calling it um, more inclusive of all hate language that that, uh, they voted on that was supposed to be geared toward her. Her name wasn't said. But anyway, all this is around that comment about the dual loyalty. And Janine Pirro took to Fox News and her entire opening statement on her show, which was like 11 or 12 minutes long, was dedicated to Ilhan Omar. Here are three clips coming up of what I believe to be the most problematic things that she said, trying to or feigning as though she's combating hatred with the most hateful fucking rhetoric that you can believe. The first thing you're going to hear here is Nancy Pelosi, because a lot of the message from Janine Pirro was to Nancy Pelosi, telling her how to do her job relative to taking care of Ilhan Omar. And then she shifts into attacking Representative Omar herself. I don't think our colleague is anti-Semitic. I think she has a different experience in the use of words, doesn't understand that some of them are fraught with meaning that she what didn't realize. Nancy. She speaks perfect English. She graduated from a college in the United States. You say she doesn't understand the words? Are you saying she's stupid? That she doesn't understand? Then what the hell is she doing on the prestigious Foreign Relations Committee? She speaks fluently, using tropes which are figurative and metaphorical, understanding that those words create powerful images and verbal ironies. She is far from stupid. She is are you, are I'm you kidding pause, me right now? We're still in the middle of the first clip. I just paused it because who the fuck watches this show and thinks, oh my God. What a powerful order. She's just taking her to task right now. No, but honestly, how how can these people be serious? <laughs> because she's talking about how Ilhan Omar is aware of what she's saying, right? She knows yeah. what she's doing. These are the same people who at every turn will give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt. Right. About everything he's ever said about David Duke, about both sides. That's right. All of it. All of it. And they don't say he's too stupid, right? They defend him. Yeah. Okay. It's, it goes the same way. This is just exhausting. 
Also, what can she not develop a rhythm that really works with her opening segment here? It's there's awkward pauses. Wait until she she like reads verses of the Quran. It's making me uncomfortable. It's like a two Corinthian situation when she says <laughs> she says oh, uh, God. in 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 the Quran fifty five. Uh, colon 38 <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the number is oh, like not like does she even not know how the bible works you don't say matthew 5 colon 1 it's yeah. matthew 5 1 yeah <laughs> anyway let's continue with uh we're adding ourselves to the the, the audience of hers filled with Donald trump baby is clear and pointed in her hatred her comments only critical of Jews in Israel, not Italy, not Morocco, not North Korea, Israel. Mm. Now, the fact that you didn't have the backbone, grit, or gumption to draft a resolution that included her name tells me you're the stupid one. And if you don't understand, let me explain. Omar got you and all your pals to draft a watered-down resolution with a message we all learned in first grade. Don't hate anybody. Really? <laughs> that took you bozos oh a week in the house? And yet you were so quick to admonish a white male Republican congressman accused of hate to, and strip him of his committee assignments. <laughs> She then goes on to accuse respected members of Congress who support Israel, our strongest ally in the Middle East, of dual loyalty. What she's doing, Nancy, is starting a movement to shut down pro-Israel speech, making it politically incorrect. So when she comes up with her pro-Palestinian agenda, the pro-Israels are reticent to speak, because she's already proven that the Dems will not punish her. This is just an old lady version of Tommy Laren, is what this is. But this is unbelievably unself-reflective, non-self-reflective. Yeah, can can we talk about comparing it to Steve King? Steve King, who has decades worth of racist comments. Yes. And Ilhan Omar, who says some problematic things. Okay. And some not problematic things. And like two things that she said, yeah. and then maybe three, depending on what, what your view is. Uh, and she is now being equated with Steve King. <laughs> well, also, Janine Pirro, who doesn't even understand the, the how things work, that it wasn't Democrats that took away a committee assignments from Steve King. It was Republicans. It was his own caucus that decides who's on those committees. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi doesn't decide what committee assignments Republicans have. Yeah. You fucking moron. Janine Pirro. You probate judge. Get the fuck out of here. This is just... And then that thing about uh, about don't hate anybody. C- mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. That Well, we, we everybody gets taught that. We should all hold ourselves to that. Not hating anybody. Come on. Your president is Donald Trump. Calling shitholes. Calling country shitholes. Mm-hmm. The 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 good people on both sides, very fine people on on both sides. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. My question: 
Why the disdain for the government of the country that saved you and your family after you lived in a tent in Kenya for four years? Why the scorn? And as the Democrats scrambled to forgive, rationalize, and give a pass to a freshman in Congress, the joke is on you, Nancy. You've appeased rising anti-Semitism inside the Democrat Party. Let me say that again. You and the whole gang running for president in the Democratic primary in 2020 have appeased the rise of anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party. The sad part is that all this is contrary to the tenets of your party which is so receptive to the LGBTQ community, illegal immigrants, refugees, and on and on. Are you, are you getting the hate? Are you feeling the hate? Because later on, she compares, makes a comparison, draws a distinction between this kind of rise in anti-Semitism that's caused by people like uh, Ilhan Omar and what happened with Hitler. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. This is blind to your own party. It's not the Democrats that have a problem with racism. Not anymore. It is clearly a Republican issue. This is, again, Fox News and the Republican establishment, what has become the establishment, using a Donald Trump tried and true method, which is projection. You blame the other side for the very fucking thing that you're guilty of. Think about this. She's not getting this anti-Israel sentiment doctrine from the Democrat Party. So if it's not rooted in the party, where is she getting it from? Think about it. Omar wears a hijab. Which, according to the Quran, 33, uh, colon 59, tells (laughs) women to cover so they won't get molested. Is her adherence to this Islamic doctrine indicative of her adherence to Sharia law, which in itself is antithetical to the United States Constitution? I don't have to tell you, Nancy. Jews have been persecuted almost from the beginning of time when they were forced out of Egypt to the six million killed in the Holocaust. And now we are witnessing the rise of anti-Semitism in Europe, where incidents are up 74 percent in the last year alone in France, where Jewish cemeteries are regularly desecrated with swastikas and people relay the common tropes of Jews with too much money and influence. We all know how it starts. It starts that way. Hate is hate. Hate leads to violence. And violence leads to retaliation, which then leads to unrest and worse. So that was a lot of conflating a lot of different things. But in, in talking about the desecration of Jewish graves and swastikas, you know, those people aren't atheists that are doing that. Um, white supremacists are typically Christians and overwhelmingly Christian. Many of the compounds that you will visit will actually require you to be a religious person and proclaim a belief in God. So, and an adherence to Christianity. Right. And that's not to say all Christians are white supremacists. No, 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 no. But 
Uh, <laughs> but it does go the other way. Yeah. So most white supremacists tend to uh, be believers. That's okay? right. In Christianity. Uh, also, I, I love this. Right. When other religious people get on their high horse and start judging other religious people yeah, for yeah, yeah. their type of fundamentalism. Right. Because Mike Pence um, has misogynistic views. He yeah. can't be in the same room as a woman. He can't be even in a working environment. Working late. He can't work late with a woman because... Right, which punishes women. That's right. It doesn't punish him. It punishes women that would like to rise to the top and be in positions of power. They can't because Mike Pence can't be around women. Um, and so he has a religious, a fundamental religious belief about women, right? Yeah. And many religions do. I mean, we're still fighting for women to have positions of power, to be allowed in the priesthood, to to do all of this in churches, yeah. right? So she's talking about uh, the subjugation of women by having to be clothed and covered, okay, in, in the Muslim religion mm -hmm. and Islam. But is she then going to talk about the oppression of women in Christianity, in her own religion? Right? Yeah. Is she what Catholic? are the chances of is she that? Catholic? I'm sure she in, is. In Catholicism, even, right? Women can't be in positions of power. Nuns right. are being raped by priests. No one cares. You know, are you going to talk about that? Now, I'm not trying to say if she's going to talk about one aspect of religious fundamentalism, she needs to talk about all aspects of it. But I just don't appreciate the inconsistency and the hypocrisy, really, right? Where some religious people will criticize Islam. For their aspects of fundamentalism. And then turn a blind eye to right, everything else. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't really understand that. Well, she's also ignoring all of the anti-Semitism that has been on the rise here in this country as a result of Donald Trump and his behavior and beliefs. Right. Oh, so it's a, that's a European thing. That's happening in Europe right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's not happening here with the synagogue in Pittsburgh. Right. Many people dead at the hands of a white supremacist. The bombs that were sent out to members of the media by an, a, a self-described white supremacist. And then, of course, she likens the wearing of the hijab to Sharia law, right, to trying to implement buzzword. Sharia law. Right. Trying to... Which is a, an old Fox News trope that apparently they're bringing back. So, but you said that they're walking back these comments. Is that what you... Uh, it took them a day, a whole day, 24 mm -hmm. hours, and Fox News did come out and say... Mm -hmm. That uh, they, I don't know the exact statement that they made, but it is they are, uh, they condemn what she said and they've talked to her directly and personally and they've apologized. So we'll see what happens. But this is all, all this is, is a fervor and a coordination with Donald Trump, who's now starting to use this as a talking point that the Democrats are anti Jewish an anti-Jewish party. He even said in a private dinner that Democrats hate Jews. And I thought that vote was a disgrace, and so does everybody else if you get an honest answer. If you get an honest answer from politicians, they thought it was a disgrace. The Democrats have become an anti-Israel party. They've become an anti-Jewish party, and that's too bad. This is just patently false and fucking ridiculous. It's unbelievable for this man, of all people, to make this claim. Well, today, Sarah Sanders held a very rare press briefing at the White House. How many days has it been? I have no idea. Too many. 
for me to. Yeah, I can't did you even, even recognize say. her when she walked out? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was peppered with questions. I have two clips here. One is a few reporters, and then the other is CNN's um, Jim um, Jim Acosta. We've also seen him tweet in the last uh, couple of days that Democrats are the quote anti-Jewish party. Does the president really believe Democrats hate Jews? Look, the president's been an unwavering and committed ally to Israel and the Jewish people. And uh, frankly, the remarks that have been made by a number of Democrats and failed to be called out by Democrat leadership is frankly abhorrent and it's sad. And it's something that uh, should be called by name. It shouldn't be put in a watered down resolution. It should be done the way the Republicans did it when Steve King made terrible comments. We called it out by name. We stripped him of his committee memberships. And we'd like to see Democrats follow suit. But, 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 but first of all, you mentioned Steve King, the president correct me if I'm wrong, has not condemned Steve King. I, I he said praising white supremacy. Has the president publicly come out and said anything I, to I criticize speak on behalf or condemn? the president on a number of topics, and I've talked about that a number of times, and I'd refer you back to those comments where I used words like abhorrent uh, and unacceptable. So I have a question for you, but I also have a follow-up to a colleague, because I didn't hear you actually answer the question. So yes or no, does the president truly believe that Democrats hate Jews? Uh, I am not going to comment on a potentially leaked document. I can tell you what so I can does he, tell does you. He think Democrats hate Jewish people, as he said on the South. I think that they've had a lot of opportunities over the last few weeks to condemn some abhorrent comments. I'm trying to answer. If you'd stop talking, I'll, I'll finish my statement. The president has had. Uh, and laid out clearly his position on this matter. Democrats have had a number of opportunities to condemn specific comments and have refused to do that. That's a question, frankly, I think you should ask Democrats what their position is, since they're unwilling to call this what it is and call it out by name and take actual action against members uh, who have done things like this, like the Republicans have done when they had the same opportunity. So I want to ask about Paul Manafort, but I just want to be very clear. You're not answering the question. Is there a reason? I believe I answered it twice. You didn't say yes or no. Does he really believe Democrats hate Jews? I'm just trying to get a sense of that. I think that's a question you ought to ask the Democrats. What? Does the president think Democrats hate Jews? That's a question you should ask Democrats. You should ask Democrats whether the president thinks they hate Jews. Is that what she said? Mm-hmm. That is what she said. Yeah. See, what a maddening job. How many people have you known in your life that speak with this air of confidence and they should not be speaking that way? Y'all Trump! Baby. Because when I hear her talk, that is all that I hear. Like, yeah. Someone who really believes and thinks that she is just killing it up there. Yeah. It seriously is Dunning-Kruger run a fucking mock and in this she's, White House. she's really not. Yeah. Uh, did yeah. you hear the guy in the background? Is that a yes then? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not even trying. Yeah. They're not even trying to have um, a sense of decorum and respect for the office while they're in the White House because... We have reached a low point. Yeah. It's so Every low. Every day is a new low. Yeah. So here, it's later on in the presser, and uh, Jim Acosta, he re- he doubles back and does what Jim Acosta does best. You know, love him or hate him, disagree or agree. He certainly is good at this, and that's really dialing things in and making it very difficult. And uh, just to, to get back to, to John and, and Hallie's question about uh, the president's comments uh, about Democrats and Jewish people, isn't that kind of rhetoric just sort of beneath everybody? And, and do you think that the president has thought at all 
uh, going into this 2020 campaign that the rhetoric just needs to be lowered, whether it's talking about Democrats, the media, immigrants, or should we just plan on hearing the president use the same kind of language that we heard in 2016 and all through the first couple of years of this administration? Uh, look, I, I think that the real uh, shame in all of this is that Democrats are perfectly capable of coming together and agreeing on the fact that they're comfortable ripping babies straight from a mother's womb or killing a baby after birth, but they have a hard time condemning the type of comments from Congresswoman Omar. Uh, I think that is a great shame. The president has been clear on what his position is, certainly what his support is for the people and the community of Israel. Um, and beyond that, I don't have anything further for you, Jim. that just sort of drags down the rhetoric in the debate when you're, you're saying something that's just Patently untrue. I mean, obviously, stating their policy de- positions. But, but is not Democrats don't. Untrue. But Democrats don't hate Jewish people. It's just silly. It's not true. I think so, they should call out their members by name, and we've made that clear. I don't have anything further. Yeah, yeah. April, President, yeah. but President, you know, Sorry, he, he, April his rhetoric after Charlottesville, saying that there are very fine people on both sides in Charlottesville, essentially suggesting that there are very fine people in the Nazis. Uh, That's not at all you know, what the president was stating. Well, not, but, not then. But, not not at any point. The president has been incredibly clear and consistently and repeatedly condemned hatred, bigotry, racism in all of its forms, whether it's in America Mm. or anywhere else. And to say otherwise is simply untrue. Untrue. To say otherwise is simply untrue. The other thing she said was the president has been clear about what his position is. So I took the liberty of creating a little mashup here for everybody. Let's be very clear about who we're talking about and what his position is. What has the President of the United States, representative of all citizens, said about Nazis, about racists, about white supremacists? Let's hear it. I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups. But not all of those people were neo-Nazis, believe me. Not all of those people were white supremacists. Jews will not replace us! Jews will not replace us! I think there's blame on both sides. You look at you look at both sides. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. You had many people in that group, and the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You, got a, you, had, a lot of bad, you had a lot of bad people in the other group, too. Now juxtapose that with Judge Pirro's lecture.
And I That's skipped right. her first name because I can never say it right. Janine. Janine. Judge Janine Pirro. Her name her her show's name is Justice with Judge Janine Pirro. <laughs> Did you do the voice overwork for it? <laughs> right. In a world where there's no justice at all. This is justice with uh, Janine Pirro. Is that the whole thing? Who really needs to blow her nose. Uh, no, that's not what her show. I'm going to watch her show. You think I know what the intro sounds like? Oh, I'm sure it's like really lofty patriotic music. I was going to make a joke about you having a judge Janine Pirro tattoo, but I, <laughs> I couldn't get it out in time. Yeah. I got the the inner rim of my asshole tattooed with her face. <laughs> so, it really hurts. All right. So uh, <laughs> this ended up being a uh, Fox News heavy episode. Yes. And we we do apologize for that. No, Al- we don't. Although I this is important. Yeah, shit. I do think it is important because remember. Fox News has millions and millions of viewers. They are the most watched cable news outlet. So these are the people that are putting thoughts into millions and millions of people's heads. Go Trump, baby! And if we are to make any progress at all, <laughs> we need to know what's going on over there. Yes. So I, I do think it is important that we talked about it, although it made me... Not feel great. It's a bummer. It's cringy, but it's it's uh, it's important. This is reality. We have to deal with reality on reality's terms. Brittany Page. I wonder where you got that. Somebody really smart. Doctor Drew. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was you. Well, I say it because of Doctor Drew. All right. Mm-hmm. So somebody smart says it now. Yeah. All right. Good. Meaning you. Oh. Because he's kind of a dumbass. No, I just think that. Listen, well, let's get into this. I guess no, just, no, just really quick. I think we'll save it for next time. No, this is another thing that I've evolved on over the years. So I always thought I always held these people up on pedestals. I thought that they were perfect and awesome. And then I realized that in order to be a famous like a doctor or a famous psychologist that you kind of have to be a sellout like a tv psychologist yeah it, it yeah. isn't it isn't really about being intellectually honest a lot of times you have to go to places that extend beyond your expertise and you don't say that and you comment on things that you shouldn't be commenting on um so i still have a respect for Dr. Drew uh, because of the effect that he had on my life. But That's I, fair. I have been disappointed to learn that at times these people are going to make choices that I don't necessarily think are the healthiest for the profession. But that's, you know, that's just my take now that I know a few things. And my take would be he's a dipshit. So, Well, we all have opinions. <laughs> Some of them are wrong. That's true. Some of them are really wrong. That is true. I'm not denying that. Well, good. (laughs) Good for you. We are going to leave you there. Listen, we'd love to hear what you have to say about this. I have a feeling we're going to hear from some people. 657-464-7609. One more time. 657-464-7609. We also would love to have you email us a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you guys for joining us. If you love the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at Brittany E. Page and at Dollamore. The podcast is at I Doubt It Podcast. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has
has been. I doubt it. Ah, wacky morning zoo, everybody. We're going to say some offensive <laughs> stuff. It's going to be crazy up in here. 